Hi there and welcome to a special edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by fans, for fans and where the content is absolutely free. It's a bonus European preview pod. Uh, we're looking at the, the Lesh Poznan game tomorrow. I have to say, I've had an absolute nightmare trying to get this thing up and running tonight. There's a new way of getting it all set up and running on YouTube, and it has been a nightmare. So uh, bear with us. Hopefully we'll be okay, but I'm, I'm not confident at the moment, I have to be honest. Uh, <laughs> If, if it's the first time listening to the pod, guys, we would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and share it on social media. We have over 3,500 subscribers now, so thanks to everyone who's subscribed so far. The pod is live tonight. It is Wednesday night, the night before the game. Yeah, Ibrox tomorrow. But the, the pod will be available to stream or download on a variety of platforms, uh, as usual, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and also Spotify. Uh, and one more thing, guys, as I, as I say is every week, but it's not just the pod that we do. Uh, there's loads of stuff here at Jersnet. Uh, we have the forum. There's, there's a good forum. There's articles, match previews, match reviews. Uh, there's a history archive on the website. It's all original, independent, and free content made by us here at Jersnet for you guys out there, uh, all you fellow Rangers supporters there. So, as I said, it's just going to be a quick sort of wee half-hour show, looking at the game tomorrow night against Lesh Poznan. Uh, and I'm joined by fellow host who has been sitting for the last 10, 15 minutes, enjoying my discomfort trying to get this thing set up. Uh, it's Ross Bennett. How are you, Ross? I'm good. I'm good. I feel I've learned a few new swear words. <laughs> so I, I kind of feel like that as well, actually. Aye, aye. That was. Uh, I've I've got a cold sweat in my brew. Let's put it that way. Uh, so, so how's your week been? What you been up to? Um, no, my week's been good. My week's been good. Uh, I've been watching Champions League last night. Watched a wee bit of the Chelsea game earlier this uh, this evening. Um, now, obviously, coming to talk Rangers, which is I mean, when when Rangers are playing in Europe, the first three days of the week are just waiting, aren't they? It's just about passing yeah. the time and getting to Thursday. So, no, everything's been good. Obviously, I feel like I feel like you and I have been spending a bit too much time together recently chatting on these podcasts, but it's uh, I'm just gearing up for tomorrow now. How could you possibly say that, spending too much time with me, Ross? Come on. I, I actually feel we don't spend enough time together. But, you know, it's, uh, that's that. Did you, did you see the comment from our fellow host on Twitter today? I think he's taking the huff because he's not on the night. Uh, no, I actually don't follow him. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I tell him. <laughs> that is superb. <laughs> I think he could be listening, actually. He's been on in the WhatsApp uh, before we came on. So, uh, aye, that's, that's superb. I, I, I put a tweet out earlier on, sort of, uh, you know, uh, promoting the show and saying that we'll be coming on to talk about the game tomorrow night. And uh, he, he sort of made a wee sort of snide comment that, you know, that, that I took that he was in a wee bit of a huff. So if you're listening, David, we'll get you on in a couple of weeks, you know. And and by the way, your fellow host doesn't follow you on Twitter. Uh, so aye, that's a bit of a redneck, that one. Anyway, right, Ross, I thought we would just, kind of similar to last week's chat with 
with Alex. I thought we would just, you know, have a wee sort of background look at the game, uh, have a look at Rangers' preparations today. Stephen Gerrard had his, uh, his press conference today, and, and obviously there was the, the, the unveiling of uh, Bangani Zungu. He was unveiled today. So we chat about that, and then we'll have a wee look at uh, Lesh and, and, and what they can offer. And as I said, wrap it up by sort of half eight and I can get down the road to see Coronation Street and it'll all be good. <laughs> That's a real insight into your life there. Is that there's loads of Champions League football on the night what's calling up to Corey. Corey, aye. Well, I'm not really, but, you know, I don't mind people thinking that, but, you know. I watched a wee bit of the Champions League last night. I watched Michelin last night because they were playing Liverpool, so I was quite, quite keen to watch that, but obviously keen to see how they done because... You know, we played them last season and we sort of beat them quite comprehensively and they done quite well last night. It was a wee bit of a weekend Liverpool team, but I was watching that game thinking we could Rangers could compete at that level, no problem. Uh, and but hopefully, think, if all goes well, it will happen next season. I, I think they've kicked on a little bit since last year. I think they're, they're stronger than they were, you know, 12 or 15 months ago when, when we faced them. But it is quite nice to sort of say, you know, Liverpool didn't, didn't have it all their own way last night and, and for us to say that we quite comfortably pumped them in Denmark, whereas Liverpool struggled at home. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, does, it does show the progress that we're making, I think. Yeah, I, that's, that's how I took it. Uh, I mean, as I said, Liverpool, they never had their, their usual front front three, you know, uh, Sani and Salah and all that kind of stuff, but they brought them on later in the game. But And I, I, I was kind of looking at it thinking, you know, if Rangers were playing in that game tonight... It, we could have competed, but the, the, to me, when you know Scottish teams play English team, there's all there's always that added edge, and I don't think Liverpool would have prepared and maybe put it quite the same team. But it was still a little bit of a window eh, and a little bit of a barometer in terms of, as you say, how how far we've, we've come on eh, under Gerard in Europe, and eh, hopefully this time next year, you never know. Eh, anyway, right tomorrow night, Ross, it's the second game in Group D. We're currently sitting second in the group. Uh, after uh, match day one last week, uh, we've got the same points and the same goal difference as Benfica, but they they scored a couple of goals more, so they're on top uh, on goals scored, and we play them next week. So that obviously puts a wee bit of onus on the result tomorrow night. We've never played less pausing before, but I, I found a wee stat out today that I thought was quite interesting. They've only ever played a Scottish club once, yeah, and that was in 1982, and it was it was against Aberdeen. In the European Cup Winners' Cup, and it was the year that Aberdeen went on to win it. So here's hoping that history repeats itself on that front. Uh, we have a decent record against uh, Polish clubs in Europe. Uh, we've, all, we've only ever been defeated once by Gormick in 1979, which actually led to the, the sacking of Davy White. So a wee bit of background there in terms of you know uh, the match itself. In terms of Rangers now, it's quite a busy day on Rangers. You know, I was kind of following the tweet, the, the, the official account all day today. The first thing was uh, Bongani Zungu was unveiled today. That's him. He, he obviously had to self-isolate with the COVID stuff. The club had arranged for him to get a treadmill and, you know, some, I think there was a bike and weights and all that kind of stuff. And they gave him a training pro- programme just to keep him, keep him tipping over, uh, ticking over, sorry. Uh, so are you quite excited to see him finally unveiled? I mean, I think he's in the squad tomorrow, but I, I don't think uh, he would start. But you never know, he might make an appearance at, at some point. I, I have a feeling that we're allowed up to 12 substitutes tomorrow. And so I would I would have thought he, he might find his way onto the bench. Um, he's definitely, as you say, he's definitely in the registered squad for, for the Europa League group stage. Um, so, 
yeah, he, he might find his way onto the bench. I'd be surprised actually if we see him at all. Um, I don't think there's any need to, in a way. You know, our, our midfield is ticking over so nicely at the moment. It's kind of it's it's the strongest it's looked for a number of years, and and having Joe Aribo back as well is is really helping to to push that on even further. So I don't think there's any need really to to put him in until he's absolutely ready. Um, and even even when he is absolutely ready, it's it's kind of a question of of who would you who would you drop. Um, but am I excited to have him here? Absolutely. I mean. I'll be the first to admit I didn't know a great deal about him until you know the, the transfer window, and, and that was a name that was linked a long, uh, for a long, long time in the transfer window this year. Uh, obviously, rumours that we went for him quite early on, and that he perhaps maybe failed a medical, and then he's got himself back into shape, and, and, and we've come back in a month later, and, and it's all worked out. But you know, if that's the case, you have to believe that this is a player that the management team had their eye on for a very, very long time, had scouted properly, um, and. Uh, you know, I think we have to put we have to put faith in in Gerard and, and his recruitment team. And Ross Wilson, in my opinion, has has done well at making making his money go quite far. You know, he's 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 done well to bring in good players and and, and found good talents. So I put I put a lot of faith in that, and I think he probably brings something that that we're slightly missing in midfield. And a lot of people talk about midfielders in very very generic or vague terms, such as I want a destroyer. Where I want a box to box. Um, now, whether Bongani Zungu meets those criteria, unfortunately, I, I've not. I've never seen him play a full game of football. I think we've all probably watched YouTube clips, but um, we have to put some faith in the recruitment team, and I think they've they've probably earned that trust. What I will also say, and this is totally cynical, um, but I think it's also a reasonably important point, is that I think this is the signing that James Bisgrove will be most excited about. Because if you go onto our social media channels at the moment, any post, any post at all, is followed by a number of gentlemen from South Africa talking about Rangers, talking about Ben 10, Blondani Zungu. Um, and that can only be a good thing for the brand. You know, that's a massive, massive market. My company has an office in South Africa and I was there earlier in the year and they are football mad down there. Um, so this can only be a good thing in terms of us growing the brand and a South African internationalist um, coming to Rangers and 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 trying to grow the the brand and the visibility in in the continent of Africa, to me that's uh, you know that's another tick in the positive column. It, 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 uh, Zungu was at the the press conference today himself. There was one of the comments that he made that I found quite interesting, based on you know some of the conversations that we've had already in previous pods this season. Uh, he says my qualities are being good on the ball and also being very aggressive. Uh, when we don't have it now, it's a latter part of that that sentence that sort of made me sort of prick me ears a wee bit, raise my eyebrow a wee bit, because we've we've spoken uh, not not just us two, but you know, on, on on the show in general this year, there's been a lot of discussion about how good Rangers are at the moment out of possession, you know, and and, and it seems to me that that's something that, uh, that maybe the the coaching staff are focused on over the summer. Maybe that's what they're looking at in terms of where it went wrong last year. I I, I don't know. But there's certainly been a lot of discussion around that. And and, and I think Maurice Ross was on BBC Scotland a couple of weeks back. He was sort of claiming that Rangers are the best coach team at the moment. And he cited that as well. You know, when they're out of possession, you know, they fall into shape very, very quickly. Uh, You know, the distance between the players is is equal. You know, they, they move as a unit. 
And it's, to be honest with you, it was something I hadn't really considered. And since uh, Morris Ross has mentioned that, I've sort of been looking out for it. And I, and I think he's got a point. And so when, when Zungu sort of said that today, and also Stephen Gerrard made a, made a point today about uh, our opponents tomorrow saying that, you know, in the game against Benfica last week, it was it was a very open game. It was end-to-end, almost like a basketball game that you know, he described it as. And so he says it's vital that we keep our shape out of possession. Now, when, when Zungu says, you know, I'm aggressive uh, when we don't have the ball, it, it, it does look like Rangers are now recruiting based on what they need. They are looking for players that, that fit the system. And and the results so far, I mean, it's, you know, we're not even at Christmas yet. It's very, very early days. But the results so far would appear to be bearing fruit, Ross. Yeah, I, I think they absolutely are bearing fruit. Um no, I know. I think we've spoken on the podcast at the weekend. We spoke about how points-wise, we're not massively better off than we were this time twelve months ago. But our goal difference, or our goals conceded in particular, is quite staggering. Actually, it's what is it? Sixteen games this season in in Scotland and in Europe, and four goals conceded. I mean, that is that is a marvelous record, whatever way you look at it. So, I, I, and I think a lot of that comes down to, as you say how we are off off the ball and moving as a unit when we're out of possession. Um, and for me, that comes down to discipline. You know, that comes down to a team that's well coached, that understands the role that they have to play and that is disciplined and patient enough and, and, and perhaps trusts each other enough to know that um, your teammates behind you have the, have the skills and the knowledge and the tools required to, to, to also hold that shape and hold that structure. Um, and I think that's probably why we're seeing the best out of people like Tav, people like Conor Goldson this year, is because the, you know, their discipline in that structure in that system is growing. Their confidence in themselves and in their teammates is growing, and that's that's in my opinion, that's what's led to us having such a strong defensive record. Um, now Zungu comes in and says he's a, he's aggressive off the ball, and look, I don't know how that's going to fit into to what we have at the moment, but but it does seem slightly different to what we have. You know, I wouldn't describe. Many of our, you know, I, I would I would describe some of our midfielders as tenacious when we don't have possession, but I probably wouldn't use the word aggressive. So, yeah, maybe maybe the recruitment team have kind of identified a gap there and, and are looking for someone who can who can fill that gap. Um, I think we have to then make the obligatory kind of nod in the direction of Scottish referees who will have also heard that comment today. Um, and you just have to hope that and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it would be, but you would hope that his card is not already marked and that he's kind of put a wee beacon on his head for Scottish referees to come and have a look at him. Let's be honest, Ross. His card was marked the minute he put pen to paper. Uh, <laughs> the minute he's signing for Rangers, that's it. You know, his card's marked in, uh, in some people's eyes as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Gerard also highlighted Jermaine Defoe today. There's a couple of interesting comments, I felt. Uh, now, he, he highlighted that Defoe's had a few injuries and uh, you know he's he's been out for a wee while, and he said that, that they've now provided him with a tailored program in in order to manage his body. Uh, I mean, Gerard was quite explicit, saying you know we're, we're not going to play him ninety minutes Saturday, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday. That that's not going to happen, and I don't think any any of us expect that to happen. I think we were we were all under the impression that the four would, would would just make appearances here and there, but it it, it sort of indicated or implied that he, he feels this is the happiest he's been with Jermaine Defoe. He's, he's kind of at the level that he's always wanted him to be at. You know, they've got a, a tailored programme in, in place for him. 
and the club know and, and, and the, the coaching staff know that as and when they need him, he'll be there. So it, it, I found that quite interesting because Defoe has, I'd actually maybe come to the conclusion that Defoe was sort of, I mean, he is sort of, you know, fading out of things slowly, but it seems that he still has, you know, Gerard still looks at him as a, as a, as a sort of vital uh, cog in the machine. I think he is a he is a vital cog in the machine. He's our he's our best finisher, absolutely. I mean, his, his goal on Sunday, uh, you know, kind of reinforced that. As you say, Jermaine Defoe, he is at a stage in his career, and he's at a stage in his kind of physical well being that he can't handle ninety minutes of football twice a week. And you know, the the guy's thirty eight years old. So, in, in a way, I mean, what, who was the last thirty eight year old outfield player who you saw with, with the same kind of ability and physical ability as, as he still retains. And that's a that's a real testament to him and his discipline. Um, there's a massive role, I think, for Defoe to play at this club. Uh, as I say, he is our most instinctive, predatory, natural goal scorer. And the game, such as the game on Sunday at home against Livingston, was was absolutely perfect for him. And, and you know, he, he scored a kind of goal that I certainly don't think Morelos would have scored. I don't think we've seen enough of Roof or Itten to say that they, they might have scored that goal in that kind of way. But um, we have seen enough of them to say that they're very, very different players to default. And different opponents in the Scottish game and across Europe require a, a different setup from Rangers. And look, we, we're, we have a good number of good strikers in, in Alfredo, Germain, Cedric and Kamar. But, you know, four isn't a, isn't a massive number. It's not like he's never going to get his chances. And he, he came on, he started the game against Livingston on Sunday. He took his chance. Um, I'm not surprised that he needs a personalised training regime because he's, uh, you know, I mean, how, how old's Alfredo at the moment? 23, 24. He's, you know, he can't be far off 15 years older than Morelos. So I'm not surprised if he needs a, a personalised training regime. That's not that's not a bad thing. And, and if Gerard's happy with the shape that he's in, then... You know, I'm I'm very very happy to to see him still here, and and I'm sure he'll play a very important role this year. Uh, another player, Ross, that, that that kind of got highlighted today was Yanis uh, Hadji. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of been wanting to, to talk about Hadji for a while now uh, because it, it does seem to be getting, I wouldn't say heavy stick, but there, there are some mild criticism popping up in social media. You know. A couple of mates of mine during games are texting saying, you know, they expect more from him. And the thing is, I kind of understand what they're saying. Yeah, I don't think anyone can can possibly suggest that, that Hadji isn't a player, but it does feel like sometimes he's a, he's a player that struggles to impose himself in games. I mean, he's, he's, his actual ability looks tremendous at times, you know, the way he brings the ball down and some of his passing and all that kind of a stuff. But there are times you feel like, is, is he actually playing? You know, it, it, it does uh, disappear in some games. And, and, and as I said, he's, he's starting to get some a wee bit of stick on social media now. Now, Gerard had, had sort of suggested today that he's never seen him more settled. His girlfriend's over now. So, you know, that's him properly settled in the city now that he's moved permanent. I was, I was kind of looking at his, his stats today, you know, and he's, he's got one goal and eight assists. You know what I mean? That is a, a hefty chunk for, 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 this, for this time of the season. Uh, so, so the sort of question is, do you think he's maybe been a, a, a little bit unfairly criticised? You know, is he maybe doing his job uh, very well, but in a very sort of 
subdued and quiet way that no one's actually noticing because I must admit I was quite surprised when I saw that uh, figure today of eight assists so is he maybe getting a wee bit a stick unfairly at the moment do you think? It's, it's, actually, it's quite an interesting one because I would agree with, with you and a lot of the people who are making these comments that his performances, I find them incredibly frustrating. Um, that he, he, he seems to make some quite silly mistakes. He, he displays some elements of immaturity, I think. Um, but his, his stats, as you say, and his output on paper are, are phenomenal. He's, he's by far our most creative player in terms of the number of assists that he's got. Um, the way I've sort of seen it with with Padgy is that I felt maybe he's not that suited to the Scottish game yet um, in the, the, the rough and tumble, the, the, the lack of skill, which is substituted for physicality really in Scotland. It doesn't necessarily suit him, who's, who's more of a continental European player. But then I believe that six out of eight of those assists were in Scotland in the league. So the stats also don't back up that argument. Um, it's, it, it is a really frustrating one, but I kind of don't mind because he's not cost us anything in terms of points or mistakes that have led to points being dropped. Um, he is, I mean, that, that, that assist for the opener against Kilmarnock, uh, sorry, against Livingston on Sunday was, you know, it was, it was very well done. It was very well executed and, there's, there's real talent to the boy. He's got a long, a long way to go in his development because I think he's only 21. Um, so he is, he's, he's maybe younger than, than we might remember. But yeah, I get frustrated with his performances and I find that he's the one that I'm kind of bemoaning the most when I'm watching the games. But you look at his stats and you look at his output and eight assists, that's, you know, it, it's the best in the team. And maybe it is unfair, uh, but I don't know, a really, really difficult one to balance that. I, I, I find that a hard one as well. I must admit, I, I genuinely think. I mean, I've, se- I've seen great players before that, you know, they, they don't add up to the sum of their parts on the park. You know what I mean? They, they seem to be blessed with a huge amount of talent, but for, for one reason or another, you, you don't seem to see that, you know, that there's no output in terms of what they, what they do on the park. And then you see other players who, you think are fairly limited and, and they produce more than the sum of their parts, so to speak. Yeah. And Hadji's a strange one because he, he's, you know, he is obviously a very, very gifted player. You can you can tell he's a gifted player. I've heard people moaning about him all season and, and, and again, myself, I sometimes think, yeah, I think he could be doing more. And then you're yeah. looking at his, you know, his actual numbers and you're thinking, my God, he's, he has actually contributed. You know, yeah. he's, he's doing a lot. So it, is, it's a total, it really is a strange one. It's it's difficult, but would you to make it a practical example? Would you start him on Sunday away at Kilmarnock? Uh, given the the current situation with the squad, in terms of we're quite strong at the moment, in terms of those few injuries and all the rest of it, probably not. No, I I but, agree. But, I agree. You know, you would as a manager, you would be looking at those those numbers, thinking. Can I afford not to play? I would, I would, I would start him tomorrow against Poznan, but I wouldn't start him against Kilmarnock. And I would start actually, I would start a Brandon Barker or a Greg Stewart, who are, in no uncertain terms, much more limited and inferior players, in my opinion. Um, not as technically talented as Yanis Hadji, but I feel they are more suited to that pitch and that stadium and that opposition. 
and that's I think maybe that's the the enigma and also the source of frustration with Hadji is you know how good he can be. Remember Braga at home, um, yeah. and there, there's there's been flashes of brilliance with Hadji, so it can be really frustrating when you see him not deliver that in terms of the quality that he's putting in on the pitch. But then you see his stats and you see his output, and I don't know, it's a really frustrating one. Yeah, really, really yeah it's, it's a strange one. Uh, look, looking at our opponents tomorrow, Ross, uh, Les Poznan, uh, Stephen Gerrard, I noticed in his programme notes, my programme came through the, the, the front door today. Uh, I noticed in his programme notes, he sort of ha- highlighted uh, a Swedish striker, Mikael Ishak, as the sort of man to watch. Uh, six goals and seven games in the Europa League. Yeah, I think he has four caps for Sweden. That came through Wikipedia, so it's probably a lot of shite, to be fair. But... Uh, it, it, it seems to me that you know Gerard looks at has looked at this guy and thought he's he's the guy to watch. But you know when you, when you look at the players that our back four have, have sort of played against in, in in the Europa League and and domestically as well. You know there's there's some decent players in, in, in the Scottish League as well, and and especially this season. I mean I know that I know on paper the guy looks like he could deliver and, and be a threat, but given where your defence is at the moment, you would. You would accept that challenge, surely. You would think, yeah, I bring that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a he's not a player I'd really known a lot about. I, I think it's one of those where you recognise the name from from Football Manager. Um, <laughs> look, yeah, his, his, his goal scoring stats this season. I think he's quite new at Poznan. I think this is his first year at Poznan. Um, but his stats look very, very good. Uh, he was at Nuremberg in Germany for a couple of years, and and did okay there. He's bounced around a little bit, obviously, you know, Poland, Germany, Denmark, Italy, Switzerland. So there's, you know, he's, he's really, and, and Sweden as well. So he's, he's not really had a, a, a really long spell anywhere, three years in Denmark, three years in Germany, but no real longevity anywhere. Um, we've come through a game against players such as Radamel Falcao this year. And I don't remember his impact at all in that game. Who are you more worried about Rangers facing, Radamel Falcao or Mikhail Ishak? Now that I've said that, he's guaranteed to score tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you've just cursed it. I'm, I'm really. Uh, look, any any player who's scored six goals in European competition in a single season, regardless of the number of qualifiers in there, that's that's impressive and and should rightly be be monitored. But I don't think he's the best individual player that we have faced or will face this this year. And I think that the strength in our defence. Um, whether we go with uh, Balogun or Hollander, I, I, I don't think they have any reason to be losing any sleep. Uh, on on Poznan themselves, you know, they're, they're, they finished second last season. Uh, they're competing in the Europa League group stages for the second time. Uh, their record at the moment is 1-2, lost 2 and drawn 2. They've won, historically, they've won their domestic title seven times, uh, most recently five years ago in 2015. They're currently sitting tenth, though, uh, in their domestic table, and have only won two games uh, out of seven in the league uh, this season. I think they had a, a fairly routine passage to the to, to the group stages, but they obviously lost their their opening game to Benfica uh, last week. I think it was four two. So, I mean, they're, they're, Stephen Gerrard said, as I said earlier, Stephen Gerrard said he's watched that that game from last week between Benfica and and Poznan. A few times, I think he'd said, and you know, he said they were 
you know, they were in the game until the, the sort of last couple of minutes of injury time before uh, Benfica sort of got a wee bit of, you know, got the killer goal. So when you watch that, you think, well, it could be, it could be quite a tricky game tomorrow. But historically, you know, they, they seem sort of, I don't know, a, a sort of middling club, you know. But based on who we faced over, you know, the, the last couple of years in the, in the Europa League, you know, Porto, Feyenoord, uh, Fiorentina. No. <laughs> you know, I said that the last time, Ross, and you probably up for it. But when you consider the calibre of the teams, you know, even Braga, I mean, Braga were on such a roll when we played them. You know, they were Aye. just batting teams out of sight. And, you know, we were 2-0 down at home and then just scored four and went, I get it right up, you know. So... There are wee signs that there could be a tricky side, but if Rangers go into this match, you know, with the right attitude, you know, and if they're prepared correctly and they're not going out there sort of treating it as a game that they'll win easily. If we, go, if we approach this match in the correct manner, then you would have to fancy it strongly tomorrow, surely. Absolutely. I mean, when that draw is made, obviously the, the, the pots are all seeded and, and Lech Poznan come out number four, so they are on paper at least, the lowest ranked or the weakest team in our group. Uh, and, and I think when you look at the, the teams that we've been drawn against, you would you would highlight Poznan as the weakest of the four. And I, I think, you know, if you were then to look at the fixtures, playing Lech Poznan at home is, is on paper at least the easiest or the least challenging game that we're going to face in, in the group stage. Now, obviously, we've had an incredibly good start with a, a very, very impressive victory over in Liège. And I would hate for that that good work to be undone by, as you say, failing to prepare or complacency. Because I, I, I would say that when you look at, you compare the squads, you compare the form that they're in, you compare the standard of competition domestically, there's no way that Rangers should be losing this tie unless they fail to prepare and they become complacent. Now, what gives me comfort is that complacency is not something that we've seen from Rangers this year at all. You know, we have been incredibly thoroughly professional in all of our dealings, whether that's Lincoln Redimps right through to Livingston at home on Sunday. We have been very professional um, and prepared accordingly. And and I think that that preparation is being borne out in, in Gerard's comments. I think he's almost showing off the preparation that he's done, talking about the game against Benfica, talking about, you know, pinpointing Ishak as, as the, the danger man. He's showing that that preparation is being done and I think that that's sending a message to the team that there are no excuses. We have prepared, we go out, we do a professional job and we go into what is, you know, I think it's safe to say, a much more difficult challenge next week. Uh, that, that's exactly where I was, I, was going to, I was going to go next. You know, if, if, I mean, my memory tells me that when Rangers start really well in European competition, you know, it tends to go a bit pear-shaped. You know, I've seen us get to win the first two games in the Champions League groups and, and still not qualify. But given it's the the Europa League, you know, it's the sort of secondary tournament. You know, if we get six points tomorrow, then that, that does set up. You would think, you know, especially if Benfica win tomorrow, that sets up the sort of the double header against Benfica as possibly, you know, whoever comes out on top of those two ties probably going to win the group. Yeah, you'd have to think so, um, especially if if Poznan and if, if 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 Rangers win tomorrow and Benfica win tomorrow, both teams on six points, and you have Liège and Poznan on zero. Um, if you then 
as we go into that double header with Benfica, you've got Poznan and Liège going up against each other. Say they both draw those games, you know, that puts us in an incredible position, but you'd like yeah. to both at some point over that double header to drop points. Um, I think, you know, we, we have engineered ourselves into a very strong position. I mean, Liège, is, Liège away as an opener is, is, is not easy. And we discussed that at the weekend there about their, their record in Europe. Um, but what I am glad is that we will have two... Well, the, the fact that when this group gets tighter at the end of the, at the, end of the group phase, we'll be welcoming Liège to Ibrox and not having to go over there. I think that'll make a real difference. Yeah, yeah. And then ending it with... Uh, I think we'll be ending it with Poznan, won't we? So that is, again, on paper, one of the easier ties of this group phase is, is Lech. So... Yeah, look, we've, we've put ourselves in a really strong position and we wouldn't want to undo that good work and, and then start putting more pressure on the Benfica ties because we've done well against Portuguese sides and I, I do have faith that we can get decent results against Benfica, but I don't want to slip up here tomorrow and then start adding a wee bit more pressure on so that we have to get the results in, in Benfica. It, it just, it, it's not worth adding that pressure. Yeah, I win tomorrow. Yeah, as you say, it makes it, a lot easier moving forward. Well, not easier, but it puts, it puts us in a stronger position and a, and a good position going into that double header against the top seeds. And we've, we've, we've got a record of, of beating the top seeds in these groups, so yeah, hopefully it would, it would put us in a, a strong position. One last thing before we wrap things up, Ross. Uh, the, the COVID thing, you know, this this would have been the first group game at home, a big, big night at Ibrox, you know, capacity crowd. Uh, I normally in the European games, me and my boy normally go for something to eat in a, in a restaurant in the city somewhere, have a few drinks. Uh, obviously, he just has a has a juice and, and I'll have a couple of beers. And, you know, it always feels a, a wee bit special. And it, 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 it's starting to sting now, I think, you know, not getting these games. Uh, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's a bit gutting. And, it, you know, and, and especially Benfica, because that's a club that Rangers have never faced uh, competitively before. And, you know, the supporters are only going to get a chance to see them. It really is. It's a bit gotten, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's, it, it does. It stings. Um, we've had some wonderful, wonderful memories over the last two years in, in Europe at Ibrox. Um, remember, you know, the, the night against Rapid Vienna, I remember, you know, you talking about that and, and how much you enjoyed that evening. Um, Porto, what a game that was. What a day beating Porto in Glasgow. Phenomenal. Um, the last European home game that I went to was uh, last season, the, the final group game against Young Boys where you and I met up in Christmas markets beforehand for a beer. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever been as happy as that day since. So, uh, you know, it's been a real sting that I can't come up and, and see the game and we don't get to have a beer and, and enjoy it. But um, look, at it, it is what it is. You know, it, it, it's a little bit disappointing. Obviously, I was watching Krasnodar against Chelsea and you see fans at that game and you sort of go, oh, they, they can do it, why can't we? But... That's maybe not the right way to approach this this whole no, situation. I don't think it is. And yeah. I, I just noticed there before we came on here that I think France are going into full lockdown again until right. December. So it does feel. I know what you mean. You know, you watch some countries and you know they've got fans, and it more annoys me when I see contradictions in the UK. You know, so we're not allowed to go to football grounds, but you know the Pavilion Theatre in London's got you know thirty percent capacity indoors and. Like, well, how does that work? Surely it would be safer to be sitting in a stadium out, you know, when you're outdoors and you can socially distance easier. So it's it's more the the, the contradictions in house that bother me. When I see fans and grounds in other countries, I just assume that they're in a better position than us at this particular moment when it comes to the virus. So 
Aye, but the whole thing is, I must admit, it's starting to sting a wee bit, you know, especially the bigger games like this, you know. So, but as you say, it is what it is, and we just need to rock with it. So, aye, hopefully it doesn't have too much of an impact tomorrow, and Rangers can get a result. Yeah, so guys, I think we'll we'll call time there. That's just about sort of thirty-five minutes. We've, we've covered most of the stuff on the agenda. I think we've covered everything we need to cover. Uh, so big thanks for listening in. A big thanks to Ross for uh, sacrificing his Wednesday night to uh, talk to me for forty minutes. <laughs> uh, the, the show will be back on Sunday night. Uh, there'll be a show to cover the Kelly game on Sunday. Obviously, we're playing at uh, Rugby Park on Thursday. So we'll have a show at the usual time on Sunday night. Uh, our fellow host David Wren will be in the chair for that one. In the meantime, get yourself onto Jersnet and the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, as I say at the end of every show in these strange times, guys, uh, everyone look after yourself, stay safe, uh, and until the next time, bye for now.